An abortion clinic worker with a special heritage is called upon to save the existence of humanity from being negated by two renegade angels trying to exploit a loophole and re-enter heaven. There you go. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood, Childhood. a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is what we do. Good job. Good job there. Thank you. Still not used to it, but... It's only the second week that we've had the new introduction. That's true. Hi, guys. It's another episode Mm -hmm. of Ruining Our Childhood. And this week, we're doing the 1999 classic, and yeah, I had to look over yep. at the screen because I mm-hmm. couldn't remember, Dogma. Yes. Starring a lot of people. Yeah. This is a weekly poll winner, of course, mm-hmm. because that's what we're doing, at least for the next two months. We're having like a gauntlet type situation. Yeah. It's like a fight to the opposite of death. <laughs> <laughs> the last one standing was will be the least popular movie. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. It, of course, went up against Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty close this week. Last week with Three Ninjas and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was a landslide. Yes. On the Facebook poll, it was very, very close. And I think Jay and Silent Bob won mm-hmm. by a, a small margin. But on Twitter and Instagram dogma kind of took the lead a lot yeah so and if you guys have no clue what we're talking about we're talking about our facebook instagram and twitter polls yes on our social media which you should go check out and you get to pick the movie we get to review and by you pick i mean you get to vote so yeah and your vote matters yes your vote (laughs) always matters yes whether it's a stupid podcast (laughs) movie poll or you know upcoming election yes which we don't talk about politics. Nope. So do you want to hit us with some 1999 facts and then we'll move on to some light housekeeping, I guess? I don't know. I like how you called it. Light housekeeping. Yeah. Uh, this movie was released on November 12th of 1999. It had a budget of $10 million and it grossed $44 million. I did notice uh, and read that the Catholic Church ended up getting the movie's release delayed in a lot of countries makes sense because uh yeah (laughs) they 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 make fun of the catholics some quick facts about 1999 some of the popular tv shows were the practice touched by an angel and law and order popular songs were enrique iglesias bailamos tlc unpretty and mariah carey featuring jay-z heartbreaker And some other popular movies were The Mummy, Runaway Bride, and The Blair Witch Project. Heartbreaker was such a great song. Yeah. Still is. So, first of all, I just wanted, before we get into the regular podcast stuff, I just want to say thank you to everybody that joined the Ruiners Club. Yes. We got quite a few joins, and Mm -hmm. we released our first episode on Friday, and it was Shaun of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And we just basically... It was like 30 minutes of us talking about how much we love it and yes. talking about why it was so hilarious. 
And I hope everybody enjoyed that episode. Mm -hmm. And look forward to doing more in the future of our our untouchables. Yes. And if you don't know what we're talking about, again, why aren't you joining the Runers Club? It's super simple. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go to our website, hit join our fan club, put your email in, and bam. Member. Member. Always taking new members. We will never not decline an invitation. Yeah. And it's free to join as of right now. Yes. So, and I'm not going to like start charging people right now. We're not in this for the money. No. If you want to send us money, go for it. For the lucrative podcasting money. Yes. (laughs) If you want to send us (laughs) I just processed what you said. (laughs) Just send us some money. (laughs) Please. No. Um, so what is your earliest memory from this movie? My earliest memory, I believe I rented it or maybe bought it on VHS. I know I didn't see it in theaters. I remember there was a lot of talk about the movie because of A, the controversy of them making fun of Catholics, but also it was very talked about because it was Matt Damon and I believe Ben Affleck's first movie after Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, they really it, pushed them on the poster, I would say. Well, that and people expected them to go, you know, they're going to go take on these huge Hollywood blockbuster roles, and they didn't. They went and did a movie for their friend. Right. Which tells you the type of people that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are. Well, it was probably filmed before they were getting awards, too. It's possible. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I remember all that stuff and wanting to see it, because yeah. I had seen Rats and remember that, and... So eventually I rented it or bought it, one of the two. I definitely rented it. I remember watching it with my brother and my whole selling... I didn't really want to watch it until my brother said Ben Affleck was in it because let me tell you something about 13, 14-year-old Ashley. She loved her some Ben Affleck. Yeah. I didn't have a big poster of him at the time. I just cut out pictures of him from like my Tiger Beat magazines. Teen people. Teen people. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted him to be my first husband because uh, I knew we were going to get divorced because celebrity marriages don't last very long. They do. And I not. knew I, I, even at 13, I was realistic. <laughs> so I was like, he'll be my first husband. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't have anything to add to this conversation. I mean, he's a good looking man, but I did not want to marry him. Well, then, you know, he's had his issues since. He has. I've always enjoyed his movies, though. Yeah. There's been a couple that, you know, were crappy. I always thought it was real shitty when he became kind of a punchline Yeah. in Hollywood. And it's really easy to become a punchline. Yeah. And he couldn't really get any work. So I was super happy for him when he won the Academy Award for Argo and got that redemption, which yeah. was nice. Because it was a guy who didn't deserve it by yeah. any stretch. People are just like, he's not talented, and he was dating Jennifer Lopez, so let's shit on him. I don't know if the hatred was justified in any way. No. I don't think it was at all. That's how we are. Yeah. We like to kick people when they're down. We're fickle? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really remember, like, what he did wrong. Other than I remember there were stories about him being an alcoholic. There were stories, and I think he's admitted that he was an alcoholic. Yes. There were stories about him being into gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. And cheating on several women. I do think he's banned from some hotels, if I'm correct. Well, you know, you're good looking. 
You won an Oscar really early in your career? I don't think that had anything to be done. It was card counting, Ashley. They frown upon card counting. No, I was just saying, like, you go through this, like, I'm going to just do whatever the fuck I want type thing. I feel Uh, like he was very popular. He started dating Jennifer Lopez. He made a movie with her, which it seems like anytime a couple makes a movie the reviewers don't like it immediately like how dare you date this person and make a movie we have to shit on it i never saw geely or jersey girl for that matter but she's only in like five minutes of jersey girl it's not that bad of a movie but they're so quick to shit on it yeah and it wasn't until he started making movies people were like oh that guy is talented crazy right yeah he just probably made some poor movie choices yeah all i don't know i like him i've always been a fan same. And Matt Damon, when I was younger, I didn't think he was good looking mm-hmm. because that's how I decided things until like he went into the born identity and then he was good looking. It, I didn't like his bowl cut. Like when they were first coming up, he had that bowl cut. Yeah. And I just didn't think he was good looking. But now I think he's decent looking. Mm-hmm. Again, that's how I judge every celebrity. Are they pretty? Then they're worth something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought for a while there when... Right after Goodwill Hunting, Ben Affleck was going to have the better career because he did Armageddon, which was the huge blockbuster. blockbuster. But then Matt Damon comes, like you said, does the Born Identity, does the Oceans movies. and I would say he's had more of a consistent career. Absolutely. But I don't think he has the draw that he once had. Mm-mm. But I think it's because, I don't know, people are, I guess it's harder to be a white guy in Hollywood. He, it seems like actually I kind of felt he's heading back in the, uh, going back up because he did The Martian and that was insanely successful. That's true. And I like that movie. Yeah. Whereas uh, Ben Affleck did Batman and I think that was another one where people wanted to just shit on him. Yeah. Even though he was a perfectly good Batman. I didn't mind him. No, he was, those uh, Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League, he was one of the better parts of those movies. I would say. Yeah. I would agree with that. Definitely wasn't the worst part of the movies. No, no, not <laughs> by a so long shot. There's so many things wrong with those movies. What do you think? Do you think this movie is going to hold up? I think it's going to hold up, but I do think there is going to be a lot of dated references and a lot of, um, what's dated reference? And offensive jokes. Offensive jokes. <laughs> I was like, this. I think this movie was offensive when it came out. And it was... Yes. Obviously, like you said, it was offensive to different religion sects, especially Catholics. Yes. From what I can remember, I think it was ahead of its time making fun of religion. Mm -hmm. Because I think at the time, this was 21 years ago, we were still kind of a a religious country. Yes. You're kind of almost like made to feel bad if you didn't go to church. And I think now it's almost the opposite where, oh, you still go to church. Yeah. It's not in fashion, I guess. And I think people that are very religious will tell you, well, that's a sign that the country's losing its morals. Sure. We're not very religious, but we also don't judge anybody who is. No. I was raised Catholic. Right. But I also can find humor and don't take anything too serious. They make jokes. It's a joke. It's meant to be funny. And if you don't think it's funny, that's fine. But you don't have to hate on the movie or like in the Catholic Church's view, we need to prevent this from being seen. Really? Yeah. That's my thing, is that if you can't find fault in something, then I think there's something wrong with it. Yeah. If you're saying that 
the Catholic Church is this perfect thing that's never done anything wrong. First mm. of all, you're lying because we know for sure that they've done a lot of shit wrong. Yes. But just at least admitting like, yeah, there's things that need to change or there are things that they did that is not right. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you less of a Catholic no. or a good person. But I just I always hate the people that are like almost like brainwashed into thinking like, I believe in this or I'm a Catholic. I can't admit that they've done something wrong. And that is a huge issue beyond religion is people, without getting too political, they can't separate their political party and accept that, well, maybe this person's not right for my political party. Right. And they have done things wrong. Whether it had been, when we were growing up, Bill Clinton did some very questionable things. Yeah. He was a Democrat. You can still say, I don't agree with everything he did, regardless of the fact that I'm a Democrat. And now we have Donald Trump. You can still be a Republican and not agree with everything he does. I think, honestly, Donald Trump is the first one where I feel like there's more people of his party saying, yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. But it, 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 it works on both sides. It was like, I don't want to get too politicized. I'm like, questionable Democrats, questionable Republicans. You don't have to agree with everything. You can be Catholic. You can be Jewish. You can be Christian. And maybe this movie isn't for you. But also, you don't have to prevent it from being seen from the world. Right. It's just supposed to be entertainment and a comedy. Watching this at, at like 13, 14, mm-hmm. I think it made me understand some religions better. And mm-hmm. it also made me question what I had been taught. And I didn't grow up in a very religious family. We were kind of religious, I feel like, when I was little. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of stopped going to church and stuff. But I don't know. It's interesting. And yeah, and I do. I do think this movie is going to be filled with a lot of offensive jokes, but they were offensive at the time. Yes. And they're probably still going to be offensive. Maybe a couple things won't age well, but I do think the overall message of the movie and it being a comedy and not taking itself too seriously, Mm -hmm. I think that will help make it hold up. So I say it will. Okay. Cool. Cool. And we kind of got on a tangent. You said it did hold up. Yes. Okay, because you, I think you said it, and then we kind of went on this religion tangent, and... Yeah, because I think there's just going to be too much. Yeah. That'll eventually hurt it. I still think it's going to be funny and entertaining. And so I'm you don't enjoy. think it's going to hold up? I don't think it's going to hold so up. So you weren't listening to me. I was like, you, you said you're, it's going to hold up. I thought you said, you said it's not going to hold up. And for all I know, I'm going to listen back and go, no, I said it's going to hold up. <laughs> so I'm taking a hard line stance, not going to hold up. And I say it is going to hold up. And you say it's going to hold up. Okay. There we go. Usually this is the part of the podcast where I say, this is where you can stream it. But fun fact, I guess Dogma, you can't find it anywhere Mm -mm. it's kind of funny i think a couple episodes ago we said i think we're to the point where you can find it or at least rent it somewhere like a movie everywhere Mm -hmm. but this is one of the ones that it's it's kind of stuck in limbo because of some what's the word rights uh movie rights or not copyrights or whoever owns it i found an article where uh kevin smith actually says in a tweet from august of last year that it was owned by the weinstein company and was licensed for Lionsgate mm-hmm. and then Sony, but those de- deals predated streaming and have lapsed. So I guess they can't, I don't know. It's, I guess the best way to explain it is it's in limbo. Yeah. But I swear to God, I saw it somewhere. I thought I had saw it up on Amazon Prime a few 
a while ago, mm-hmm. which is why I said to you, I go, well, I'm sure it's on Amazon Prime because they just put the Jay and Silent Bob reboot up. That's true. It would make sense that they have a partnership with Kevin Smith, which they might. But like you said, this movie and talk about people with questionable morals is owned by the Weinstein Company. So yeah. it's a bunch of Lego, legal Mamba Jamba. Lego. Lego. Uh, that we don't understand and yeah yeah so but luckily we own it yeah we do own it so we can watch it yeah is there anything else we want to talk about or do Mm. we just want to pause this mother hit that pause pause. and go watch dogma okay bye okay we just finished watching the movie and now we're going to go ahead and break down dogma like we always do we always break down dogma. Like we always break down dogma. And we're going to do it with our first category. Well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. Who did you notice? First of all, I hope people aren't startled by that well, hello there <laughs> uh, sound we have now. Yeah. I feel like when I edited last week's episode, I... I don't know if we really pre-warned people like, hey, we decided we're going to add like theme music and mm-hmm. theme sound effects to each category now. And I just hope somebody is not listening like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Did uh, Brian just double down in the well hello there? <laughs> but then change his voice completely? Yeah. And sound like a serial killer a little uh, bit? Yeah, he did. Anyway, back to well hello there. Mm-hmm. The first person I notice is literally like, one of the first people on screen is George Carlin. Yeah. Who's... Obviously, a famous comedian, Mm -hmm. and he plays Cardinal Glick, who is trying to bring Catholicism to the masses. He's trying to market it to get people back into church, and Mm -hmm. he creates the buddy Jesus. George Carlin was always interesting to me because I first was introduced to him as he was the conductor on Thomas the Train. Yes, along with Ringo Starr. But I had, honestly, I've never seen the episodes with Ringo Starr. When I was a little kid, it was on, I think, Sundays before wrestling. Yeah. So I would always watch it. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older, I would say like a teenager, and I started catching, like, wait a minute, that guy's a comedian? And then I watched his comedy. And I went, holy crap, he's so you know raunchy yeah and, and then he was on a kid's show and he was on a kid's show they literally you have to think whoever created that was like let's try to get the parents in on this too exactly and i was it's kind of almost in a way like how bob saget is yes bob saget to a lot of people is danny tanner who's this wholesome dad and the you know he was a nerdy dad hosting america's funniest home videos in a way yeah, yeah. turns out really raunchy comedian yes which there's nothing wrong with that but it's just funny when you think of i also feel like we were really obsessed with especially like in the 90s and 80s we were obsessed with like portraying sitcom families as being so perfect almost Mm -hmm. and that's really annoying when you think about it because i feel like we're now into this uh going into 2020 where we're like let's embrace people's flaws more yeah or let's have characters that are real shit bags (laughs) But you still find yourself rooting for them. Yeah. It makes for more compelling television. Oh, yeah, for you know? sure. Because, I mean, it's not realistic to have a family that their problems are all solved by the end yeah. of the episode. 
and then it's perfect 22 minutes of television or it's like somebody drink alcohol and then they never drink alcohol again yeah like no that's not how that works (laughs) oh like i agree the the flawed characters like nancy botwin on weeds made for much better television than danny tanner ever did yeah for sure anyway We'll back, get back to, on topic. well, hello there. Yeah. Who was your first one that you noticed? Uh, my first one was Linda Fiorentino. I don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly. Fiorentino. I would, that's how I would say it. Yeah. She plays one of the main characters, uh, Bethany. And I could not place her for the life of me. So I looked her up and she was in the first Men in Black. Yeah. She was like the female lead in that. Definitely. Uh, but she hasn't acted since 2009. That I did see. I was Which like, it's is been... weird because I feel like she was in two movies yeah. that were pretty popular in my world, at least. For sure. Who was the next one you noticed? Uh, mine was Matt Damon. I guess we should say we already knew Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were in yeah. this movie. We talked about it earlier. So I just wanted to uh, mention that they play the two renegade angels. I'm using air quotes. You can't mm-hmm. see it because this is a podcast, Ashley. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play Loki and Bartleby. Yes. Which are amazing names. They really are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would say at this point, I had no clue who Loki was as far as the Marvel realm because I had never read those comics. Right. So now looking back, I'm like, hey, his name's Loki. Yeah. <laughs> and then ironically, Matt Damon plays Loki in Ragnarok. He does. He plays him in the play yeah that's that's a good connection there yeah i will say matt damon three of the greatest cameos in the history of cinema yes loki and doing the rap of scotty doesn't know in Eurotrip. i don't know if it's a rap it's like a or a song emo punk song but he's in that yes and then uh interstellar oh yeah yeah Sorry, I was just thinking of that stupid fucking lady when we went to go see Interstellar and she just kept talking through the whole previews, which I don't know about you guys, but if you're a movie lover, you like watching the trailers. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it's kind of like you can just go on YouTube, look up trailers. But there was a time period where when you were seeing trailers in the movies, that was the first time you were even hearing about these movies. Yeah. So... I like watching trailers. Mm-hmm. And this lady just kept on talking. And then she kept going, because I mean, sometimes the trailers do run a little long. Yeah. But she just kept going, bring on Interstellar. Like, she was yelling. <sighs> Reason 25,100, I hate people. Because they ruin movies sometimes. We have had some bad luck at movies. Yes. We had a little girl. Almost hit was... me in the face. That one. And then there oh. was the one who was... <laughs> Giving a step-by-step about five minutes ahead of what was going to happen during Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. And at that point, we hadn't read the books. Correct. So we had no clue. Last year, I saw Top Gun with uh, some buddies. They had done like a Tuesday night. They show the classics and we went to go see Top Gun. And this guy would read. Anytime there was dialogue up on the screen, he would read it out loud. Yeah. Like, I didn't go to that one, did you I? You did not. No. <laughs> Our friend looked and he just like sighed and shook his head. Cause... And then there was another, oh, we were seeing a premiere of a movie, like a Thursday night premiere not that long ago. It might have been a Marvel movie yeah, or it was... I feel like it was Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Oh, it was Shazam. Oh, It was yep. Shazam because the lady next to you was talking to the screen like it could talk back. The whole 
fucking movie. And even her boyfriend was like, shh. Yes. Yes. She had like, I felt like she had a New Jersey accent, but I don't know if she did. Because I didn't shush her because I felt like she was going to be one of those people. If I was like, shh, she would have lost her shit on me. Been like, don't tell me to shush and then make a I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. If I want to talk to the movie, I'll talk to the movie. Anyway, Tangent City. <laughs> um, so Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in this movie, guys. Uh, who is your next one? Because I named those two. You did those two, so I'll take the other two that kind of go together. And that is Kevin Smith as Silent Bob. Obviously, Kevin Smith directed and wrote this movie amongst other Jay and Silent Bob movies. Uh, the other one, Jason Mewes as Jay. Yes. And they are a package duo if there ever was one yes and they play the same people they always play Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like they always do like they always do um the other one that was kind of beginning the movie it was like literally just a cameo was brian o'halloran who plays that reporter grant hicks Mm -hmm. he was in the beginning of the movie he's covering the the church doing their whole event and then at the end of the movie he's like screaming for his life (laughs) because spoiler alert ben affleck and matt damon are on a murdering spree and uh but he was in clerks oh okay i'm pretty sure a lot of other kevin smith things okay it's like part of his crew i would say i don't know don't quote me on that i know there's some (laughs) kevin smith fans that listen to this i don't (laughs) don't quote me on that (laughs) who was your next one uh my next one was chris rock making an appearance as roofer rufus (laughs) rupert rufer Rufio. It's Rufus and Rupert. Yes. Rupert. Rufus, the 13th apostle. Yes. You've heard of the 12. Sure. He's the 13th. And obviously, Chris Rock, a uh, very famous comedian. He was on SNL and at this point was probably right around the time he was at his peak, I would say. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. He was probably a good get for Kevin Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Good get. Uh, the next one is Janine Garofalo does a little cameo. Mm-hmm. And I actually read a fun fact that, I don't know if I should say this early on. Go for it. That Kevin Smith actually said he wished he would have had her play Bethany. Oh. In the long run. Amongst other, I, I did read in the trivia for this movie that there was a lot of actresses that mm-hmm. were going to play or that he wanted, like Jillian Anderson. Uh, who was some of the other ones? Shannon Doherty, maybe? I could see that because she was in Mallrats. Yeah. And then even, uh, why can't I think of her name? Chasing Amy. Oh, Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. Okay. But her and Kevin Smith were dating and they just broke up. Who was dating? Kevin Smith and who? Joey Lauren Adams. I I never knew they dated. Don't, again, don't quote me on that. I was just (laughs) reading trivia. I think they were. Okay. But anyway. Honestly, I think Janine Garofalo would have been a better Bethany. She is amazing. Yes. She's like yes. my favorite part in Romeo and Michelle's uh, high school reunion. Romeo or Romy? <laughs> Romy and Michelle. I said Romy and Michelle. <laughs> I thought you said Romeo. <laughs> Romeo and yeah. Michelle. Oh, yeah. No, she was, she was really good in that movie. Yeah. yeah. But I've always liked her because she's she doesn't have to please anyone. No. I Great like dry sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Who is your next one? There's uh, quite a few guys. Yeah. My next one was Metatron. I don't know if I'm saying it proper. I just I was waiting for you to say the actor's name. Ah, uh, yes. And you're like, Metatron. Metatron. The Metatron. The legendary 
Alan Rickman. Yes. It's crazy the range that man has as far as acting. Yeah. If you think about it. You go, evil villain and Die Hard. He was in, we recently watched Sense and Sensibility. Yes. With Emma Thompson. Harry Potter. Love Actually. This, like that guy. And he can play, unfortunately, he could play everything. Yeah. No, and I loved, I always loved him in this movie. And honestly, I think this might be the first thing I saw him in as a child because. Agreed. And I hadn't seen Die Hard. Mm-mm. That I could remember. I might have. I might have. But it didn't resonate with me because I was a young child. It was probably pretty close. Yeah. This or Die Hard. In this movie, he was, I he was one of my favorite parts when I was a kid because he was so sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about a part later. Mm-hmm. As when we get down to the funniest and cringiest moments. He, yeah, he's just, he was great. My next one was Salma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Plays Serendipity, the muse. Yes. And she's Salma Hayek. I'm not going to list all of her things. She's in a lot of movies. Yeah. Desperado was one of her first movies, That's I think. That's probably the first one I remember. And uh, playing Frida Kahlo. Yeah. A big one. Yeah. Who was your next one? My next one was Jason Lee, who oh, played Azrael. That. He was oh. higher up on my list. I oh. love Jason Lee. Yeah, Jason Lee is Azrael. He was on My Name is Earl and Mallrats would yeah. be the big one that I knew him from, probably yeah. going into this. I had a huge crush on him in this movie. It's that sarcasm, and he's kind of cute, mm-hmm. you know, even yeah, though he's, he's the bad guy. I, out of everyone in this movie, including Salma Hayek. 15-year-old me went, Jason Lee's the best-looking one here. Even uh, out of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who were teenage heartthrobs? Well, no. Jason Lee wins. No, I'm t- obviously totally joking. Folks. Yeah, no. Jeff Anderson, who's also from Clerks, plays a gun salesman as well. Mm-hmm. And I had one more that I didn't know if you knew. Fun fact. I have one more, but I think you're going to... It's not this one. Okay, go yeah. ahead with yours then. The last one I had was Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. As God. Yeah. And I was going to say, obviously, you knew who Alanis Morissette was. So Yeah. I was a yeah. big Alanis Morissette yeah. fan. I still I, think her music is great. They made it into a Broadway show. I've never been a huge Alanis Morissette fan. When I was in sixth grade is when Jagged Little Pill came out. Mm-hmm. And I literally had long, wavy hair. Mm-hmm. So I just thought we were sisters. Oh. So... And she just got me. I honestly wasn't much of a fan until I saw her on Weeds. And that, I really liked her on that. Yeah. yeah. She's a good actress. Yeah. That, a fun fact, she uh, that was somebody else they were considering to play Bethany, but she couldn't because she had a tour she had to go to. So they lessened her part, obviously. She's only in one scene. Yeah. But again, that's just trivia on, uh, trivia on I am DB. <laughs> can't say that word guys this is a thing i love the fact that i've known you 15 years at least and in that time i've known you love movies you love television and when we're watching television you're always looking up the people that are on tv because you're like i recognize that person and you'll look them up and you always look them up on imdb but for some reason whenever (laughs) we're doing this podcast you cannot remember and that website. No, this is a thing that's been happening since I found that website. <laughs> like when I was 13. God. 
I would always type in BD even. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's data base, not base data. Not base data. Oh, my God. Oh, anyway. Geez. Fun fact. There's that shit demon. Yes. No man. That's that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually voiced by Ethan Suppley. From My Name is Earl? Yeah. No, and sure. also... Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. And Freddy. He was in Santa Clarita Diet more recently. Yeah. And he's built like a... He's in a lot better shape Yeah, no, nowadays. He looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, Frankie on... Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I didn't sure. know that. So that I was my not... fun fact for the episode, guys. I did not know that either. You just blew my mind. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Should we move on then? Yes, we shall. This next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback, We Call It the Prime of Our Teens. Nailed it. Where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, dated references, and I didn't have a lot of fashion. Me neither. I don't know if it's because this movie is set in a small amount of time. It's only over a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody really changes their clothes. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. So I didn't really have anything there. But oh. I did have some offensive and dated references. I was going to hit you with your boy, Jason Lee, who you're like, I had a crush on. And I know why. Jason Lee stole his cream-colored leisure suit that he's wearing from John Cusack and Con Air. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like, oh, that's the same outfit, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, the fashion, it's t-shirts and hoodies and kind of stuff that's timeless yeah yeah so like we said in the beginning of the podcast we knew this movie was gonna have a lot of offensive jokes Mm -hmm. because it's supposed to be offensive yes like that's what they're kind of going for at times what was one of yours i noticed and this was the definition of late 90s to me is bartleby was really concerned on why people thought he was gay yeah and all, the other one was Jay was the same thing. Like, I got to go to the strip club to prove that I'm not gay. There, There is a little bit of a homophobe. Yeah. But I will say it could have been a lot worse. They mention it a lot, but they also kind of make jokes about uh, Jay possibly... And maybe explains why he is the way he is because he overcompensates and he's got to talk about sex 24-7. Mm-hmm sex with women yes <laughs> and maybe that's why but and that's kind of like the joke mm-hmm. which i think there's probably anybody could think of like a dude that they probably knew in their lives that was like seemed like they were overcompensating either by being extra homophobic or just being like i like women's boobs a lot they're yeah. they're, they're great i love what what's the joke or was it on brooklyn 99 when holt pretends to be straight and he's I can't remember what he says, but it's the most... Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like... I don't know if he just says, like, big breasts or yeah. something like that. But yeah, it's, it's... Andre Brower, so yeah. you have to think of his bravado when he yeah. talks. is very, like, a deep voice, and he's yeah. just like, I love big breasts. Ah. Oh, yeah. God. And it's just... But he doesn't say... I lo- he says something else where it's like, no straight person would ever say <laughs> no. it that way. No, it's like but, succulent breast or yeah. some stuff like that. Yeah, I love when they're really heavy. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but, and exactly, he's a 
gay man trying yeah. to overcome and i you said everybody knows somebody like that you go back to 1999 i knew 30 guys that were like this they yeah gotta overcompensate not that they were all ended up being gay and no closet but it's gay. that masculinity but, yeah thing. like you they were the ones like you could understand how something like that happened to matthew shepherd could happen because people were so um threatened of threatened mas- masculinity yeah. yeah you threatened my masculinity because you called me gay or you hit on me or yes. whatever reason by people. no means that am i am i trying to justify what happened to matthew no. shepherd but i'm saying like at that time period you knew so many people that were so threatened good topic to bring up right yeah bring down the comedy podcast <laughs> i don't know where to go from here <laughs> uh yeah, just everything he said was pretty offensive, too, mm-hmm. if we can just go over this stuff. And even, like, when he first meets Bethany and he's just like, you're going to have sex with us? Since we saved you, you're going to have sex with us for a wa- reward, too. And just yeah. now, like, post-Me Too movement, like, it was a little cringy to watch. Cause Very much. Even though I think it's, like, in the back of my mind, like, he doesn't... I know the character. He's not threatening. It's not, like... Because she said no to him several times. Yes. And it's not like he got angry like in real life how some women are afraid men are going to get angry mm-hmm. if you say no. But it's still it's still kind of shitty and it that's completely outdated. For sure. But I will say the when he said that, the reward thing, like two seconds later, he's talking about how he's pro-choice and yeah. he doesn't care what women do with their bodies. Yeah. But then he tripled down and says that he goes to abortion clinics because he figures the women are slutty and more likely to sleep with him <laughs> like, so, I mean, like he triples down yeah yeah it's yeah. a it was a roller coaster with him it's yes, like it really one time is. he was i'm like okay that wasn't so bad or that was actually pretty profound and then mm-hmm. it was like whoa man yeah what was your next one uh back to jay and silent bob they say the reason they're in illinois is they want to go to sherman illinois because they watched all these john hughes movies and they reference you know 16 candles pretty and pink and they're like they're all hot girls turns out it's a made-up place (laughs) did not do their research they did not yeah that was a good reference uh Mm -hmm. when rufus falls from the sky (laughs) they say they're like maybe it's like con aaron they wrote something on his body did you see that film (laughs) Uh, and if you didn't know we did a con air episode you should totally check it out because it's it's a good one it is a good one which is awesome that that was a movie they referenced was like hey that's one we totally already did on our podcast yeah yeah the next one for me was also right around the time rufus shows up he does call jay kato yeah i caught that he does have glorious blonde hair yes he does and all kato that's about it yeah one of the triplets the demon triplets, if mm-hmm. you will, was wearing a Hellboy sweatshirt, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Obviously, pre-movie, but comic books were the thing. And pre... You can walk into any shop now and buy a comic book t-shirt or a superhero t-shirt. Back That's then, true. you weren't doing It was doing a little that. harder to find. Yeah. I did catch that. Like, yeah. uh, there's a guy rocking a Hellboy shirt. And it kind of fits with the fact that they're demons, I guess. There was another word for them, and I can't remember what it was. But Azrael, who was played by Jason Lee reference them as the triplets yeah so yeah they were like his little minions i guess yeah little minions his, his goons but not like minions like <laughs> despicable me uh, they did not look like twinkies with one eye uh, uh 
the, Did you have anything else? Yeah, the last one that I had was um, Bethany kind of going back to the homophobia that kind of runs rampant in the movie a little bit was she referenced don't ask, don't tell because Bartleby talked about how him and Loki were stationed together. And she took it as that was a military reference. And she was like, oh, that's and so brave. Yeah, you know, lovers. don't ask, don't tell. And yeah, he was confused. And that's right away. He was like, why? He is very concerned as to why anyone would think he was gay. But I think he asked genuinely. like, Yeah, he didn't They're angels, angry. so sex is not a thing for them. No, they don't have genitals. I don't even think they have genders in a way. Yeah. I mean, they do because they look like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Alan Rickman. But I think he was genuinely asking, whereas, like, you could have made it different. Like, I'm not fucking gay. Yeah. You know? No, no, I agree. Yeah, but I, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's brought up a lot. Yes. I guess the only other reference I have is when Asriel is literally villain monologuing. And I was writing that down. I'm like, he is villain monologuing. And then mm-hmm. he says... I've seen way too many Bond movies to give you all the details of my plan. Yes. And I was like, good. Good one. Good one. Well done, sir. Did you have anything else? I did not. That's it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hit up that sweet tone that we use. <laughs> did you not have a joke for this? I don't. I honestly did not really find any technology other than there was a large TV mm-hmm. at the bar at the very end of the movie when Azrael's telling them his plan. Yes. That's it. I caught that and Bethany had a corded telephone in oh. her bedroom. Okay. And it was just hanging out in the background. It aids this movie. Yeah. Overall. Very much so. The lack of technology, though. There was times that I was like, you could look that up on the internet. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the internet was a thing, but it wasn't like widely available. No, we didn't have time. smartphones no. in 1999. I mean, I guess if you want to get specific at the very beginning of the movie and the reason Bartleby and Loki go on their journey to New Jersey to go to the church. Mm-hmm. Is because somebody sent them a newspaper clipping yes. in the mail. So that is a very dated thing to think about. Yeah. Nowadays, you would see it scrolling through Facebook or screenshot Twitter. Screenshot it. Screenshot it. Send it right over. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's all I, have. I I guess the only other thing I put in this category is the just the CGI at the very end when Bartleby, Ben Affleck's character, is flying and mm-hmm. dropping bodies down on the ground but the cgi wasn't great it wasn't great but it also was not awful it didn't look so terrible we were like oh my god like some of the cgi you would see in an early 90s movie yeah because also you're taking into consideration what the budget was for this movie it's not a huge budget they didn't have a 200 million dollar budget where they could add in all this amazing cgi it's it was not terrible by that's true by any stretch I thought it aided in them that they made him really small in the sky yes. mm-hmm. instead of trying to make it really detailed. So Agreed. It still was noticeable. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that he's very tiny and way up there, that definitely helped things. Did you have anything else? I did not. Okay, cool. Let's move on to Is It Even Good? The category where we talk about the plot, the plot holes, mm-hmm. and the funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. I know what you're going to say about the plot. Is it believable that angels hang out around 
Wisconsin? Probably not. not. I just like that you consider it, like you you look at it through the scope of like, is could it this, realistic? Could this happen? Probably not. When you take into consideration, if we did live in a world where angels walk amongst us, you have two angels that want to go to New Jersey so they can walk into a church to prove God wrong and also end all of creation. Right. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> to be fair, they didn't, I don't think they realized the consequences until later. And when they realized it, one of them kind of was like, maybe we shouldn't do it. And the yeah, other one was Loki, like, fuck it. Yeah, Loki was not about that life, but yeah. Bartleby's PO'd about getting demoted and sent to fucking wisconsin yeah shout out to any of the listeners that live in wisconsin obviously angels aren't amongst us but it wasn't the craziest plot no that's true i don't i I do apologize if someone is an angel and they're listening our number one listener is an angel you just offended her why has it got to be a her i don't know why has it got to be a him is the better question (laughs) hashtag me too that's not what hashtag me too is about (laughs) Hashtag feminism. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Uh, I love you. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. Did you have any plot holes that you wanted to talk about? I really did not. I agree. You know, I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, this is all adding up to me. The only plot hole I had, I guess in a way it was a small one and it could be perceived whatever way you want, but throughout the movie... There's jokes about what God looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's all people that have met God. Yes. Chris Rock's character, Rufus, mm-hmm. serendipity, the angels. They make reference like Rufus says the that God is black. Serendipity says it's a woman. They can't come to an agreement. And then when you see God, she's a white lady. Mm-hmm. So I was just, wouldn't they definitely know or are they just fucking with Bethany? I thought there was an implication that God... Is whoever you want it to be? Well, no. She has to take on a human form to come down to Earth. And she came down to Earth to play skee-ball. And she took on this incarnation to do that. So there was maybe the version that Chris Rock met was possibly a black man. But he met him in heaven, so she doesn't have to... That's true. ...take on a form in heaven. Okay. And I felt like they made it seem like Alanis Morissette was, that was her true form. Or am I mistaken? And it's not, it's just a form that she took. Because obviously in the beginning of the movie, she took on the form as an old man. Yeah. When she was playing skee-ball. But that's what I'm confused about. Because then they make reference to like, Selma Hex, like, see, she is a woman. Mm -hmm. And then, but then Chris Rock's like, well, I mean, she is whatever she is. And Chris Rock recognized her. That's true. Yeah. Like when they see her, they're they tell like Jay, like bow down, you idiot. Yeah. Like so, I don't know if it's like he they were just like fucking with them. Obviously, humans don't know what God looks like at all. Yeah. I don't know. That's that was my only plot hole, yeah. and it's a movie that does whatever it does well. Mm-hmm. And there's no, it's not like they say one thing and then they do something else, which is what some movies do. You know, they're like. This is concrete. This is canon. Yeah. Oh, wait. At the end of the movie, we're going to change it. You know. Shout out to J.K. Rowling. No. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to go down that road Crimes again. Crimes of, of Grindelwald. What was your funniest line or moment? Right off the bat, before any line is read in this movie, it got me chuckling. Kevin Smith had put in a disclaimer. Like, don't take this too serious. This is a comedy. And then he put, you need to remember God had a sense of humor. Look at the platypus. And then he took it a step further to apologize to the platypuses and anybody that likes them 
because he was like, you know, that was mean to make fun of them, too. Yeah. And like I said, it, the Catholics were not a fan of this movie. I am a Catholic, and I had no problem with it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's comedy, and it's just there to make you laugh. I read a trivia thing that said the one, I guess the diocese? Is mm-hmm. that a thing? Yes. I'm just making up words here. Nope. The one guy that was really pushing for this movie not to come out in the Catholic Church said eventually after a couple months, try to get in touch with Kevin Smith and his team so he could view the movie. So he could have an educated um, opinion opinion on the movie. And then Kevin Smith's like, well, what was it before? Yeah. You were just basically hating on something because you just assume it's one thing. They had fake outrage for something yeah. they hadn't even seen. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's probably people that were offended by it after they saw oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, it's funny that it, it had so much outrage. It's the idea of like when people scroll through social media, they like and dislike stuff off of a headline. Yeah. And don't always actually go for the read the article and see what it what's actually happening yeah because half those articles are clickbait so sometimes it's like ryan reynolds killed a puppy yep with love exactly you click (laughs) on the article 10 puppies and it's him holding 17 corgis and it's just a beautiful picture yes uh what was your funniest moment there was uh quite a few Mm -hmm. and it was just something that loki said at the beginning when he's talking they're talking about their plan to get back into heaven and loki's like he's like i wish i had a penis so i could have sex he's like but i guess we can do the next best thing let's kill people and then the lady in the elevator like was like drinking something something and she did a spit taking he's like well no not you (laughs) and it was just the way he said it it was really funny perfectly nonchalant sarcasm yeah Mm -hmm. huge fan the other one I will say I had like a runner's up was when Silent Bob and Jay, that was weird to say, Jay and Silent Bob and Bethany were in the train and they figure out that Loki and Bartleby are who they're supposed to be stopping and they get into a fight and then Bob kicks both of them out of the train mm-hmm. or throws them out of the train and there's just some random guy like in the corner like scared because mm-hmm. he just witnessed a huge fight and he's like, no ticket. It was just hilarious. Because also it's silent bob saying it and he doesn't say a lot of words no he does not yeah did you have any other ones you wanted to talk about i thought it was really funny where jay and silent bob were driving bethany and they're not good drivers so he has a probably i don't know anything about stick shifts but it's probably like first gear and he's going 100 miles an hour and fries the engine so they you know break down they're on the side of the road and bethany gets mad and jay's like guys like us us don't just fall out of the sky cue rufus falling out of the sky like con air style splat on the ground and jay then immediately is like beautiful big titted women don't just fall out of the sky and he immediately looks up and is like oh uh, no. didn't work didn't that work. one got me yeah that was pretty funny i had a couple but the scene where bartleby and loki are talking to the the movie board of directors i guess uh-huh. and he's listing all of the things that movie has done it's a huge corporation he's like did i forget anything and the ceo's like yeah we movie magazine he's like damn it <laughs> he's so mad at himself yeah. <laughs> and then you just look over and bartleby's like i knew he was gonna forget the magazine oh, it was loki i was lucky yeah like, i knew he was gonna fucking forget the magazine yeah yeah do you want to move on to our cringiest yes what was yours you mentioned earlier no man coming out of the toilet. Yeah. I was never really that grossed out by poop humor, but uh, because of my job, I had to, we have to inspect buildings. Yeah. And make sure they're ADA compliant. 
and I was in a bathroom one time and the toilet started backing up. I didn't see it. It was a shit demon. It was the smell. Oh. And so when I saw this scene, I could smell that scene. And I was like, oh my God. Like I ran out of that building. (laughs) I could just smell it through the TV. So yeah, the shit demon and the whole, I was like, no, no, thank you. It's, it's, I don't know. But mine was just, and it's something when I was a kid, it's something you can't unsee. But (laughs) when Metatron pulls down his pants to show (laughs) Bethany that he is a Ken doll down there. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously, it's fake, mm-hmm. and it's so weird looking. Yeah. It's something you can't unsee, and I knew the part was coming, and I almost wanted to close my eyes. <laughs> it took me 21 years to forget that scene. It, it was funny, but yeah. it's definitely something you can't unsee. No, you can't un- unsee that at all. And the uh, best part is that it's Alan Rickman, folks. Yeah. <laughs> pulling down his pants. Yeah. Also, don't pull your pants down in front of a woman, even if you're an angel that doesn't have a penis. <laughs> We still don't want to see that. Yeah. She'll take your word for it. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes when I was a kid and now rewatching it, realizing how dark it is, is the board of directors, the, the movie. That yeah. Just everything he's listing that these people have done. The worst one is the guy that paid his, the mailroom guy to sleep with his... That's not the worst one. There was like child molestation. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. But him paying the, the, the mailroom guy to sleep with his girlfriend just so she would feel bad about it and break up with him. Yeah. And then she committed suicide. Yeah, that one was dark. Him going around that table, you're like, fuck, that's dark. Yeah. But I always remember that scene because it was dark. But it was funny. Like, Matt yeah. Damon's part was really funny. And Ben Affleck's part where he forgets the magazine and gets all angry. It's funny. So yeah. did you have anything else you want to talk about? Bethany does some running <laughs> and she is a graduate or maybe she was the original and Brie Larson was the graduate of the Bethany School of Running because it was some real bad running. Yeah, it's in the forest. She finds yeah. out she's a ancestor or a, yeah, like, not the word. Jesus is her ancestor. Yeah. Like, it uh, was pretty interesting is all I have to say. Uh, another part that made me chuckle was, because I do feel like this movie did make me laugh quite a bit mm-hmm. still, was just something really stupid uh, when Azrael shoots the bartender and says, holy bartender. <laughs> and that joke is just silly. But yeah. it was funny because like a minute later, Jay's like, holy bartender. <laughs> like it takes him a second to realize it. It's like, oh, I just uh, got that. The only other thing that I had was when they are, uh, the Cardinal, Cardinal Glick is standing outside the church. And he's got all the people outside because he's going to rededicate this church. And Bartleby and Loki show up. A cop tries to stop him. Yeah. And Bartleby snaps the guy's neck. And I'm thinking only in movies have I ever seen that happen. Like where a guy gets the head and they make the noise. Yeah. And, and a guy dies. This one's extra special because he just does it with one hand. Yeah. Because he is an angel. I mean, Like literally a flick of a wrist. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I was just thinking I'm like that's only in movies. I don't want to find out in real mm-hmm. life if that's a thing. Touche. Touche. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like Brock Lesnar could snap my neck if he had to, but... <laughs> if he had to. <laughs> I would never give him a reason to. You're a dork. No. I think that's all I had if you want to move on to the amazing, the prestigious... Award <laughs> season! We give out two awards every week. First of which, the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage online school of bad acting. Whom did you give your award to? 
I really thought this movie had a strong cast. Yes. I don't know if I could say somebody was really bad, but I will say an almost forgetful part just happens to be the main character played by Linda Fiorentino. Fiorentino. Mm-hmm. I forgot how to say her name. I don't even know if that's right. I just felt like she was kind of not there. Yeah. Like there's parts where she was good, but I, I, I almost felt like she didn't want to be there. And it's kind of funny because I started writing that down. And then I looked at the trivia later and, and saw that like Kevin Smith had a hard time with her, that she was kind of a difficult person. And it's kind of hard to say that now because I think in this time of literally Me Too and especially Harvey Weinstein, who produces movie and shit, mm-hmm. or I don't know if he produced it, but his company. Executive producer. Yeah. Funded it, basically. That it's hard to say, like, when people list people as difficult actors, if they actually were difficult mm-hmm. or if they were just like, she didn't want to blow me in the trailer. I don't know. I'm not saying Kevin Smith is yeah, that way. No. That's not at all. No, I agree. But it's not just him that's saying that. So think about in the sense of Kevin Smith worked with a person that is historically known as being extremely difficult to work with and Shannon Doherty and liked her. Yeah. And, and wanted I, her to be in this movie. Again, another person that maybe got a bad rap because they they were a little more like voiceful, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, it was so easy for media to portray, uh, especially female actors, as one way if they were difficult because they were like, yeah, I don't want to take off my bra in this scene. There's no point to it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, you're difficult. You know, yeah. I don't know if that's the case in this one. I just know that she was a difficult person to work with. So I, I can kind of feel like I see it through her acting a little bit. And I just felt like she could have been replaced by anybody. Touche. I didn't feel like her character had a lot of substance. Whereas there was a lot of other characters in this that were more of a standout or they were funny. Mm-hmm. No, I, I could see that because I only know her from one other thing, which was Men in Black. And I felt like in Men in Black, she is very much this don't give a shit talk. She's very dry. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe that's just her style. Yeah. But I also get what you're saying. For the person that is essentially the lead in this movie, she's very forgettable. And her running really <laughs> just sold it for me. The running. Yeah. Uh, who was yours? I gave it to the one thing that I felt made this movie not hold up, and that's Jason Muse. Oh, poor Jason Muse. Yeah. And it's not, it was like you said, it's hard to pick someone because the acting wasn't bad. Yeah. And Jason Muse is everything you wanted from Jay. He's just homophobic, obnoxious. <laughs> his character's outdated. It's, yeah. His it's... character is a 90s cliche. Like, he did call God a broad and a bitch, referring to Alanis Morissette. Right. And he's just trying to get laid. And like you said, it's Jay. But he's the one thing that I felt dated the movie. Yeah. I will say the one redeeming thing about his character and just how he is portrayed in any of the movies that he has played Jay is that there's always somebody going like, well, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. And it's not like people are applauding him for being the way he is or they're saying like it's cool yeah i definitely agree with you that he's the one the number one aspect that dates the movie yes in in accordance with the world we live in today should we move on we shall the next award is the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting who did you give it to i gave mine to metatron (laughs) i would have paid money and bet that you would have picked alan rickman really yes I went back and forth between him and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck still was a little shaky, I feel like, at this time with his acting. Uh, Whereas Alan Rickman, he's only in a few scenes. And he's just 
delightful. And I, you kind of hit me with a piece of trivia, which was Kevin Smith told Jason Mewes to like be on his best behavior because Alan Rickman was on set. And it was, here's this very respected, classically trained actor in your Jason Mewes. Yeah. So you need to be on your best behavior. Yeah, I, I uh, get that. But yeah, I, he was just, he's delightful. So we have some different awards in our minisodes that we just started mm-hmm. for our Ruiners Club, which you should join. Anyway, <laughs> and one of them is the we have a, a scene stealing award, yes. like a secondary actor, supporting actor award. I said secondary instead of supporting. And I definitely would have put him in that award myself because he does, he's only in a couple scenes, but he does steal them and he's so funny he's yeah just great did you want to talk more about him uh no no (laughs) he's hans gruber ladies and gentlemen we love him mine was matt damon i just felt like he had a lot of funny lines Mm -hmm. and he was just so matter of fact by with what he was saying and i loved like the beginning when he's basically talking a nun out of making her life choices yeah and he's like buy a nice dress (laughs) when he's drunk outside the church yeah he's just delightful my favorite thing he does is after he murders all of the board yes he's not gonna murder the one woman that's on the board because she actually isn't innocent and he pulls his gun he's like but you didn't say god bless you when i sneeze because he sneezed before when they were still kind of monologuing he sneezed and he waited and nobody said anything that was gonna but be her downfall yeah, but then um, Bart will be like, it's like, come on. Yeah. You're not going to murder her because she didn't say, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, he was really he good. He was in this. really dramatic. And I did feel like he had character growth because he started out being kind of the one that was like, yeah, let's kill a bunch of people. But then Loki ended up being completely insane. Bartleby. Bartleby, sorry. Yes. Confused. Ben Affleck. Yeah. In most cases, when you say Loki ended up being totally insane, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, and when he takes the the hit of the pot, like well, the fake hit, because yeah. they can't get drunk, they can't do anything, so he, yeah. he just does it under the table. But just the way he does it, and yeah, then he gives it back to him, and then he does Dang the it. banging on the table, just like Jay did. Uh, uh, that's yeah. good. He was very, very good in this. Yeah, he was definitely my one of my favorite parts. <laughs> oh, and then a fun fact on that one too is that that the role of Loki was actually written for Jason Lee, but he. Uh, had scheduling conflicts so then matt damon got it oh wow it worked out well in the sense that you have these two guys who we all know are best friends they wrote a screenplay together they end up being these two angels on earth trying to get you know into heaven i can definitely see jason lee playing him the way he delivered things it's definitely (laughs) a more jason lee type role so i can definitely see it you're just slapping us with the trivia this week i I was just yeah i'm trying to be a little more informative you know (laughs) Yeah. Give the people what they want. They want to learn things. No? Agreed. You, you don't want to learn things? Also, I guess Emma Thompson was supposed to be God at one point. Oh, really? And th- so that would have made like what the 18th movie that her and Alan Rickman <laughs> were in together. <laughs> oh, I love Emma Thompson. She would have been great. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. What do you think? Do you think it held up to your adult standards? I think overall it did. Mm-hmm. Besides what we talked about, the data references mostly with Jay's character and being a little problematic yeah. to say the least i do think that a lot of the writing was pretty smart and interesting and actually really informative like yeah. i said like i learned a lot of stuff about catholicism yeah mm-hmm. it's really funny and it 
makes fun of religion, but not in the yeah. way I, I think people think it would. I think Catholics who are uneducated about this movie and had not seen it, they go, it's a movie that craps on our beliefs. And that's not the case. That's not what he's doing. Yeah. He's not telling you you're wrong for your beliefs. None of that. He's saying there is a God. He's saying he's there's a God. saying that there are angels. Yeah. And it was just a funny movie. Yeah. I was surprised at, like I said, the only thing I felt that kind of dates the movie is the Jay character. Yeah. But like you said, we all knew someone like him. So I think without a doubt, it really does hold up well. There's not a lot of technology that dates the movie. The clothes aren't dated. It's just a little bit of a guy who's afraid his masculinity is being attacked. You take that guy out of this movie. It's a really good movie. It's really funny. Kevin Smith pushes the subject a little bit on religion and people couldn't handle it. Not 21 years ago, apparently. But you know what? I did see it had a very high Rotten Tomato score. It got good reviews. Yeah. You know, it's... It was a well-done movie. It's a well-done movie. It's still well done. It's a comedy. It's there to make you laugh. And yeah. if you can put your religion aside, you're going to laugh. Yeah, for sure. So that's uh, another episode, guys. Don't forget to check out our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. On Wednesdays especially, we have the movie polls that we're doing for the next two months. Uh, the six weeks June. at least. Yeah. yeah, that we have scheduled. We might continue them. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what we're doing. But... We are doing... You You don't remember, do you? Figure Friday? No, I was going to say what the poll is. I do not remember which oh. ones are up there. So next week poll... Polls. <laughs> next week poll. Next week's poll is brought to you by Vince Vaughn. Ooh. It's Wedding Crashers mm-hmm. against Dodgeball. Ooh. Those were some yeah. good comedies. Yeah. Yes. Some of the, the better comedies of the mid-2000s. I would say so. And I haven't seen Wedding Crashers probably since 2008. I'd try it for me. I haven't watched it without you, I would assume, in that time period. Yeah. But that I don't think it. we saw it together. I think I saw it with somebody else. No, I didn't see it. I don't think I saw it with you either. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's a good comedy. And Dodgeball. So, yeah. Such a good movie. Um, so those are going to be, like I said, again, Wednesday. It's going to be up. And don't be afraid to vote. And don't be afraid to vote on all of our social media mm-hmm. channels. All you have to do, click the picture. You don't even need to put in the comments which no, one you want to want. You, you, can, you can just click right on the picture, and that'll be your vote. Yeah. And uh, a listener of the pod, Paul, mentioned on this one that he, you know, was just going to vote for the whoever lost <laughs> on the next one. But I think... Whenever I we get the loser poll up, I was like... Ah, yeah. <laughs> the other one's going to win, folks. I was like, that's a great idea, because... Yeah. Eventually, we're going to get through all these movies. I mean, there's going to be a loser, like you said earlier... Yeah. There's going to be an ultimate loser. But... That the movie will be reviewed by default. Yeah. Because it lost all of them. And yeah. I hate to say it, it looks like it's going to be three ninjas. Aw, three ninjas. <laughs> but we'll see. You don't know. We've got uh, two more weeks yeah. of brand new movies. And definitely get out there and check out our website and join the Runers Club because you get that free bonus ode. Bonus ode. Plus, we're going to have some polls yeah. and a little gift e-gift i'm making right now oh yes i won't say what it is i'm excited for it but go to ruiningourchildhood.com guys check it out yeah are we done with this i think we're done is this the end this is how we wrap it this up this is the end oh we we're gonna say what are you excited about this week Ooh, <laughs> i am excited for the community reunion 
table read. Yes. They got everyone minus Chevy Chase, but the episode they're doing, he's not in. They got everybody, including Donald Glover, to come back. Yes, which is a big get. And if you follow Joe McHale and Ken Jeong, they started a podcast about two months ago, and they put up a special episode, and it's... It was recorded right after the table read, and it's Dan Harmon and the cast of Community having a video chat, and it was everything you would want. Yes, if you're Community fans, yes. it's It was like watching a phone call of friends. Yeah. And I felt like a creep sometimes, like because they talked about some inside jokes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was always worried. The whole Community mantra of six seasons in a movie was they're going to do a movie and Donald Glover won't be in it because Donald Glover is extremely famous. Yes. And I think if you watch that Zoom call and probably the table read, you'll see that Donald Glover would make it work. Yeah. Like he would, he's definitely going to be in that if they make that movie, which I think they will. I think it's a definite possibility. If you would have told me a year ago or asked me a year ago if it was, I would say probably not, but I think. Nice resurgence due to being on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And. Maybe coronavirus helped that because... Probably. We all got free time on our hands. Yeah. But what are you looking forward to? That, that? for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Got hoping, to paint our living room. Hoping things continue getting back to normal. Yeah. We we did uh, redo our pod office mm-hmm. slash Ryan's office that he's working in right now. <laughs> and it looks pretty nice. It really does. Yeah. So I know you guys were worried or wondering about that. <laughs> anyway... Let's uh, call this a day because we're in, going up to an hour and a half. Oh, good God. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. We will see. Uh, you'll hear us next week. Yes. We'll, Bye. We'll be here. Okay. Bye. Bye.